You are listening to another Youth Ministry Podcast, a podcast of the Board of Youth and Young Adults of the BFC. We exist to refocus, recapture, and realign student ministry with a grace-filled and God-focused vision. I'm Chris. I'm Jared. And I'm Tim. And we just want to say good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time you are listening to us, we are so glad that you do. And this is a part two episode, so mm. thanks for rejoining us to continue the conversation. Uh, b- but before we do, some comments need to be made about Tim and uh, his dancing during the intro music. See, we uh, can all I wish hear you it. Held it together. This time. I know. I almost laughed again. Um, and so, you know, Tim, I, I, I was thinking, you know, in order to create a segue, I was going to say you're the worst dancer ever, but you actually go with the, go with the rhythm. And it's so you're struggling to criticize. Me uh, yeah, because it's not an honest criticism. I mean, neither was the criticism I shot at you last week either. So well, I was doing the Macarena. I mean, <laughs> we were all trained to keep that on rhythm. So you were all who's we? I feel who like the world. We? Well, okay, the I was world? a public school elementary kid. Like Pagan. we, we were in the gym learning the Macarena. So uh, so so was I. Actually, I was indoctrinated. My parents were upset. So and you learned it. Yeah, and my dad didn't. Like what is wrong with that? It's, it's, I don't know. Hey, Macarena. I think it was kind of, was it? I don't know. I think there was some some sensuality in there. Where? I don't know. Well, the, the, okay. Are we going to get into this right now? No, we don't. No, let's not. Tim, you're the worst. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know what? You're horrible. And you guys are just jerks. Wow. (laughs) See, he didn't just, he didn't handle that criticism very well. No, he didn't. I feel it's did you did you examine yourself? Did you? Yeah, uh, I think we need to we need to criticize you, his handling of the criticism. You, uh, did you approach? I think I'm just humility. I'm just gonna leave because I'm pretty angry at you too. Uh, that's awkward because we're at your location today. But um, which, by the way, we, we didn't mention we, we're in a we're in a huge room that Tim is getting the elders to dedicate. Can you define huge? <laughs> I mean, it's high ceilings, high ceilings. Well, <laughs> he just said huge room. I'm like, I think we're in a. I this think is we're smaller in like, than your office. I think it's a ten by maybe a ten by fourteen. It's probably about the size of my office. I guess here's why I think it's huge. It's it's empty except for this table and some chairs. That's true. It's as high ceilings. Yeah, my office has got a bunch of stuff in it, like a desk and books. It does have a really nice window. It does it's a massive window. It does. It's massive. Cars wind- driving by. Yeah. It is yep. really nice. This is a great, great spot. We're if you can donate, uh, we're looking to raise seven thousand dollars a month to rent this, <laughs> to rent this space uh, from, from Calvary, BFC. Anyway, well, anyway, back to the criticism, or Tim. If you th- attend, yeah, Tim. This is a great room, but you are you are the worst. And uh, Tim said that we're jerks, and you know that's that's really how not to handle. Therefore, you're the worst at handling criticism. Yeah, that's not how we want to handle criticism. <laughs> it's so. still just coming. Uh, I feel like we need to break this at some point. You guys are very good criticizers. Yeah, but how not to handle... And one of the primary things is do not retaliate with criticism. Yeah, which is what Tim did. So way to be bad at that, Tim. But Tim's like, I was just doing my scripted part. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to survive through this episode. (laughs) Beating me up. Hey, Jared, should we we do the next thing on the list that we shouldn't do? Tim Tim is a horrible person. Tim is a horrible person. (laughs) Why you had to wait for me to leave, then do it. All right. How not to handle criticism. Uh, Don't because, retaliate with criticism. Yes. Well, first of all, again, last week we talked about criticism and that we received. And we received in, in youth ministry, and we, you know, distinguished a little bit between criticism in general in, in ministry, you know, in a, in a broad sense, and then specifically in student ministry and what makes it distinct. Um, 
And now we said we're going to talk about, you know, how, how to handle it. And one of the first things we want to do is talk about how not to handle it and don't retaliate. Right. Well, I think we covered that. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think so. Don't repeat yourself. Also, repeating yourself, you know, gossip is a form of repeating, mm-hmm. right? So don't repeat it to other people. You don't have to share it. You don't have to spread it. You don't have to go and gather a, mm-hmm. a posse of people who are sympathetic yeah, but, to your cause. Yeah, but, but what if, I, what if I'm the, sharing it three times a week as a prayer request with new people? Yeah, that's, that's not... That's, that's not uh, that's gospel. Uh, yeah. We're so, really praying for Tim. He's the worst of you pastor ever. <laughs> we pray the Lord would provide us another individual. Yeah, and I and I would say kind of like connected to that would be overventing. So there are safe people in your life that you can share things with. And at a larger church, you know, we have a lot of elders at, at our church, other pastors, uh, friends that you confide in and that you share at least your spirit has the goal of just venting and processing it. Mm-hmm. But the thing is you can really end up over venting and share it. And where it's, even if it's not slander or gossip, you're sharing it so much. It's consuming your thoughts. It's consuming your time. All right, I'll open up a little bit here and say that um, one of the areas I, I have struggled when dealing with criticism is over venting. Uh, for me, mainly at my, my home, I would over vent to my wife to the point there is a healthy balance of sharing when I am, you are stressed because of something that someone has said or you're handling. Yeah. But then the over venting comes when you start being specific to names, specific to too many details that are unnecessary to the point that I would say where it was unhealthy is where you ruin your wife's view of that individual yeah. or her ability to see that person as right. in well, a healthy way. Especially because she's going to be your, hopefully she's going to be your champion. Uh, your defender, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and she's gonna immediately take the approach of like, "How dare you attack my husband?" My husband in this way, almost even more so than you initially took the criticism, mm-hmm. and so she's gonna be like jumping in, saying, uh, "Ready to attack," and could yeah, you know, except like <laughs> potentially ruin that their view of them. Almost a contentious point. Yeah, but overventing, you can do that. It might be someone you can you in your church that or another leader. Some of the worst cases you could do is overventing to maybe a leader that's more a buddy of yours, and mm-hmm. you find yourself overventing to them, thinking that oh, you know, this is just my friend that's just hearing me out. And then again, mm-hmm. you're creating this this view. Um, so overventing is not a way to handle it. Yeah. yeah, and I and I think it's it's important to ask yourself some questions. Um, to, to pause. And I need to grow in this big time. You ask, you know, a like, is this beneficial to me to enter the situation? Mm. You know, like, are you legitimately seeking wisdom as to how to better handle this, how to better respond? Asking if there's truth to this from that person, or are you just quote getting this off your chest? I mean, you know, who is the one that we're supposed to run to to get stuff off our chest? Yeah, there's mm. humans, but mostly it's, it's the Lord. And right. and when we start dumping it on tons of people, and there's no redeeming quality to that dumping or yeah. venting, it, it 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 just does harm. Like it's not mm-hmm. positive. It's not uplifting. Mm-hmm. It's it turns into gossip. Turns into slander. Yeah. So so that's kind of the aggressive way that you can respond then there's the passive aggressive ah yes right yeah and that is to let's say a student's parent um came at you hard about how you're you know failing their kid somehow and your response is all right whatever i'm gonna check out that kid fine I'm not mm-hmm. going to try to minister to Johnny anymore. Yeah, you because you're angry at the parent, you maybe ignore that kid or uh, stay away, avoid or, that child. Yeah, or you even like handled it differently. You approach them differently, walking on eggshells, making sure you're over careful with that's that kid. That's the other way, yeah. That's the other way where it's like 
You know, yeah. now all I'm going to do is Overreach. think about Johnny every week instead right. of everybody else. And now Johnny becomes this idol in your heart that so, I have to please Johnny so or his mom. That's another improper way to handle it is the fact that when you're criticized, you just uh, you believe it. Or you believe everything they said, and then next thing you know, you turn you you find yourself as a people pleaser. Yep. Yeah. Um, with this one also, you know. You know, being careful around this, avoiding this the student, or it's the other side too. Maybe you do it to the parent. Now you're you're now it's not youth ministry, but you're here at church and you see the parent and you yeah. dodge them. Yeah, or you're in the grocery store and you go down the exit. Right. And you know, right. there's just being a little sympathetic to the awkwardness. I think there is a season that you know I, I get it, but you're not going to be buds. But you still got to say hello. Right. You, you still have to be cordial. And 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 I would say. You should always, unless the person's unreasonable, which then then you have to, you should get leadership involved. You should always try to aim for, hey, can we get together and chat? Like, and then at least aim for, you know, let's agree to disagree. Love you, right. minister your family. I, I can't live up to your expectations um, because usually people who share that they're they're insecure. They're mm. they're they're struggling in their parenting somewhere, and they're looking for somewhere to put the blame or the scapegoat, mm. and that sometimes is you. So, well, then the other extremely passive way not to do it is to completely ignore it's it. Just totally, yeah, whatever. Write in, it off in like, one ear, out the other. Yeah. Email deleted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sometimes I will say, sometimes that is the right response with other things, right? Like you know, but but I think going to the next next part is examining yourself. All right. Well, so well you, the transition is let's now talk about how to handle it, right? Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was doing. That's that's what he was doing. Oh, yeah, okay. And the next part, Tim, you are such a bad transition. <laughs> that was. I will admit right there. I just ruined the vibe. Yes, you All did, right, Jared. Transition uh, us. Go. So, in transition <laughs> to our next topic, you're the greatest. We're going to talk Tim's about not. examining yourself, how to handle criticism correctly, uh, and ignoring it, even if it is unfounded, is not even the right way to handle criticism because you have to examine and take it in humility, understand who you are, that you're an imperfect person, uh, capable of f- failing and falling on your face, Yeah, and understanding that there may be some truth uh, to what they're saying, whether it's uh, perceived or not, It's there's got to be some truth to it because that's the way they're feeling, even if they're handling it incorrectly, you got to take it with humility and understand that you are not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. You are fallible. Uh, Jared, I want you to know, I think you're a great podcaster Thank and you. you're, you're wonderful at what you do. Thank you. And what, you should just totally ignore what Tim said. No, he didn't criticize. Me. I didn't criticize him. What was he that? Well, stepped he, on my toes. Yes. He stepped in your way. So anyway, I just wanted to make sure that you were, you're good. Thanks. So no, you just did the same thing. I did. <laughs> yeah, we were. We were I, I read a great segue. And oh. You paused it to so talk about who's, that. Who's in a, so you're going to criticize me now? No. I'm no, just, just deal with what we're talking about right now is what we should do. The criticism. You know, my identity is not in Christ. <laughs> <laughs> not in my this podcast. Is, this, is, this is the criticism triangle. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of the love triangle. So I, I jumped over just really quick. <laughs> Philippians 2, as we speak about humility, this is one verse from many, but, you know, verse 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on to say that, hey, Jesus was, is God, was with God, but then humbled himself to the point that he came down as a a human, a bondservant, and Mm -hmm. for the whole 
point to go to the cross so that we would be redeemed by his work. Yeah. Um, and, and so the, the, it's, again, the humility is have your have that mindset that like Jesus Christ, that maybe it, maybe it, that criticism is downright wrong. Um, you almost feel as if they deserve you to ignore them or deserve for you to criticize them right back or, mm-hmm. or be revengeful, but remind yourself humbly that in the same way, if you had what you deserved, mm. right? Yeah. So yeah. you've criticized the Lord with your life, <laughs> with who you are yeah. from. Um, so... Uh, so humility, start humility. Humility is is huge. Yeah. It's acknowledgement of the reality that you're not just a creature, but you're a sinner. Right. Um, well, it's also important to realize that you're not a, a youth pastor. You're not. That's not your identity. Isn't found in what you're doing. Your identity is found in Christ. And so, them criticizing your performance, your job, even your personality, isn't indicative of who you are as far as your worth. And you know what? <laughs> to be honest with you. It it can be who you are, and, right. and th- th- does that in the end matter? You know, maybe you're not a good teacher. Yeah, maybe you do need more illustrations. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not the most engaging or the best. Mm-hmm. So what? Like that, you work on it. Right. I'm just saying, like as far as impacting your 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 identity and your security in Christ. Right. You have His perfection. Yeah. Um, and He loved you enough to shed His blood for you. So I know these are much easier said than done, which is why when you go through this, you have to beg the Spirit of God in prayer to help you believe this, because in the moment, the feelings are real, Mm, the anger is real, the frustration is real. Um, You kind of see these people, and immediately there's a pit in your stomach. That's all real. We're not Mm -hmm. trying to, oh, just recite these verses and it'll go away. That, that's why you. That's why we need these scriptures because it's so hard. You're going to deal with some really difficult feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think too when you first when criticism comes your way to get that to get yourself to humbly deal with it. Sometimes the best thing to do is if you many times it also criticism hits you when you're never expecting it. Yeah. Yes. Um, so if you read it and like you're like I for me it's sometimes I come in. I'll open an email and boom, you know, it's, that's what starts my day. Mm-hmm. I Yippee. found, I found out in those moments, the best thing to do is to step away for, yeah. and, and to get that, uh, to get my humility where it needs to be. I need to walk away. Yeah. Cause if I didn't walk away, I'll go into this vicious mental cycle. Yeah. So yeah, even if you don't actually respond, you're responding in your head and right. That's right. not healthy either. Yeah. It can totally ruin, ruin your day <laughs> and get right. you ruin your week. So, but then what Chris had said, I we've been talking about, I was like in that moment too, you have to remind yourself of who you are. You know, you have, you are, you are saved by Christ. You need to remind yourself as well in the sense that, that this preserve, like I can't write this individual off. I need to, I need to take this. Um, I need to find my security and my savior, Jesus Christ. I also need to know that this person that wrote criticism to me, they are my brother or mm. sister in Christ. So I need to view them in that vein, even though it's so difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I understand too that they care enough to write about whatever they're writing about, whether it's unfounded or not. It, they're they're showing some concern and they're showing some value in whatever it is yeah. that they want to see you grow. Maybe they're just handling it incorrectly and and ab- 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 abrasively. Yeah, and it's I think part of this is you know um, responding to criticism in the moment is is going to reflect um, how you're doing normally. So if you aren't a humble person. Um, you know, it's kind of the illustration of like hot water doesn't make tea. It draws tea out of a tea bag when it's put in there. Mm -hmm. So when your heart is placed in the hot water of criticism, it's just going to reveal it's already there. 
So making sure that you have a humble, mm. you know, you love justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. That's what he requires of us. When we do that and criticism comes our way, we're going to respond with what's already in our heart. Mm. Um, but then there's times that God reveals the ugly um, and then you got to deal with it and take those sins to the cross, take those sins to Christ. He, he, he's a forgiving God. I think of the humility that's put forward in First Peter 5 when he talks to the elders, but then he says, likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, not just the elders, everybody. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so mm. that at the proper time he may exalt you. And then casting all your anxieties on him, including the criticisms, because he cares for you. And then he says, be sober-minded, be watchful, like thinking clearly about this. But I think is another pathway to go is that you got to deal with the feelings, but then you have to come to the point where you're, you're, you're evaluating this criticism and you're saying, okay, who's the one who's giving it to me? What's the spirit? What's the situation? You know, something that one of our pastors always says to me is he's like, he's like, you have the two extremes. You have your greatest fans mm. and then you have your greatest critics. And he's like, you take those, you look at them, you learn a minute, you throw those out. Then you have everything in between. That's what you really listen to. You know, because they're they're not infatuated with you and they don't hate you. <laughs> well, I think we're getting a practical tip for how to handle criticism. Is we keep saying that there's a lot to think about when you get your criticism. Don't respond immediately. Yeah. Yes. Take time to, so, to think. Pray. Even even in person, don't yeah. respond immediately. Say so. Thank them for sharing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a great response, Chris. Like, mm -hmm. hey, uh, thank you. Um, I want to think about what you said to me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. and then mm -hmm. walk away. Be slow to speak. Yeah. yeah. Slow to anger. Mm -hmm. The, you know, the, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely prayer. I, I think another thing is to expect it. Um, mm -hmm. If, if you don't expect criticism, you're proud or you're foolish. Right. Um, and you just, you've probably been doing youth ministry for five minutes then um, because it's, <laughs> it's going to come. And you have to expect it. Jesus was the most criticized man that ever walked the earth, and he was completely right in everything he did. Yeah. Um, so how much more should should we? But I, one I want to kind of zone in on for a second, I think you guys would agree, is bringing it back to your philosophy of ministry. So yeah, what, what were the some of the criticisms you brothers shared, right? Or like, oh, you teach too long. Oh, you're not giving enough illustration. You're if your you're ministry not number was, driven. If you're, yeah, mm -hmm. not number. If your ministry was more fun, yeah. and it's like. Well, that's not who we are, actually. That's not our goal. That's not what the elders want me to be. That's what you want me to be, but we don't believe that's what Jesus wants us to be. And so you, I take those opportunities to explain our philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. But, but to explain your philosophy, you need to know your philosophy. Very true. Yes. So if you're, if you're listening here and you don't have a philosophy of ministry, you're, you're going you're gonna to struggle to handle criticism because you may just find yourself kind of being a people pleaser because you don't really know why you do what you Let's do. Let's even explain what a philosophy of ministry is. It's, it's the what you do and the why. Yeah, right. Your approach, your strategy, tactics, your strategy. Yeah. Right. Go back to our early ep earlier episodes that we talk about, you know, theology as it comes into youth ministry. We talk mm -hmm. about how to build youth ministry based off of God's word. So again, look at early episodes if you want more information on that. But yeah, as, so when someone gives you criticism, so for me, when um, the, the student talked about number-driven ministry, I went back to that our goal here isn't the numbers or the numeric total. Yes, I agree that energy, it mm. comes when you have numbers. Mm -hmm. No one would disagree with that, that point. 
estate. I also agree that numbers mean that you may, it could also show you that what you're doing is effective or numbers could, again, give you more opportunity for people to reach the gospel, okay? But then I said that our main goal, though, the main thing we're aiming at is growth in people's lives as they grow with Jesus. We want to see disciples. We want, and also, my goal here isn't to try to create a ministry that attracts students. My goal is to create students that love Christ, that want to reach others with the gospel, and more kids are coming because my students are driven to love and share the good news with their friends. Well, and even, you know, not to get into the whole philosophy diatribe here, but, you know, Jesus says, my sheep will hear my voice. Mm -hmm. They love him. They come to him. Mm -hmm. When we minister Christ's word, we will attract the true sheep. Yeah. And so helping people understand that and what we trust in, I think, is is pretty important. So yeah. uh, one of the things we have uh, here, and we're kind of backtracking a little bit, is seeking the credibility of the criticism um, as you evaluate it. Uh, there's usually always a little a little bit of truth to everything that comes your way. So always, There's a reason people criticize. Right, you. like yeah. there's a perception there. So even yeah. if... Even if maybe you find out, and just by let's just let's just for the sake of argument, you there it's totally unfounded in what you're actually doing. Well, somehow you're being misperceived or misunderstood, and maybe you should think about that. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes, if this is the seventh email you've received from this parent in three months, maybe you should just start. Thank you, and then whatever. Right. I'm <laughs> right. But I think, and that goes back to what you said about understanding the your fan club and your your critics yeah. uh, understanding where the, who the source of the criticism is. If, if it is a parent who's coming with a seventh email in three months, criticizing something else. Uh, something I heard is realizing and you obviously take into account, but to understand that you're not, don't accept the criticism of someone you're not going to guess to go for advice. Right. And so then now it doesn't mean discredit all criticism from everyone, but understanding the source helps understand and evaluate the level of criticism and the level of truth or necessity to really address um, the criticism. Which is why even if you get it from a source that is not necessarily maybe in your mind, the most reliable, I, I always like to take, you know, criticisms that kind of knock me off my feet. Ones that I don't necessarily see. If I see it and I believe it's true and it's established, I, mm -hmm. I have that dialogue. Great. But if you're like, ah, take it to other brothers, to yeah. other sisters, take it to the elders, take it to the other leaders. Mm -hmm. But again, a warning, don't make it a gossip session. Like right. take it to a couple trusted, mature Christians that right. you just open up with. Please tell me if this is true. Right. Tell me if you've seen this. Well, you can do it without even naming the source. Right. Uh, in that sense, because you don't, again, you don't want to cause gossip, but you want to understand, do you see this? Is this something that I'm blind to? And it's helpful to get... Especially other pastors or other leaders, because they're the leaders are there in the room. They can they have a better sense probably than other people out who are outside the room. Yeah, I've I've had friends reach out to me uh, when they've um, had criticism, just asking, "Hey, have you seen this in me?" and um, and I, I'm thankful for those friends that also that they have that humility to then listen to. Hey, have you seen? Um, ha have you seen me sometimes to be someone that is prideful, or have you? Have I shown? Um, a character traits of um, arrogance, or if I am I, can I be short with people? Um, am I too controlling? Am I, you know, and, and having that moment to even say no, you know, oddly enough, I've been around with you. I, I think you have a great awareness. Or you say, hey, you no, know, I have seen that in certain moments or s situations, like what was going on, and you're able to help that person maybe evaluate the situation or see the situation from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so. 
And, and for myself, you know, reaching out and speaking with a fellow pastor or a friend, um, it, it can really help you grow mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, and then with that, you know, we've been talking about this process. I think after you have all that, um, you, you don't you don't just leave the criticism out there. Mm, it's, right. If you don't, those emotions you're dealing with that person, if you've ne- if you don't actually conclude this this thing, mm-hmm. you're just going to live in awkwardness with mm-hmm. that individual. You need to actually respond yes. yeah. to the criticism. Well, I think the danger of not responding is and they they feel unheard mm-hmm. and they're potentially going to go somewhere else. Like, oh, okay, he didn't take my criticism, so even, I'm going to go and rally up a bigger force. E- even if that response is, I, I don't agree, or you know what, Jane, m- you know, Mrs. Smith, this is the this is the seventh email. <laughs> You've sent me. I think. I think you need to come in and let's let's talk. You mm-hmm. know that I, I would say in person mm-hmm. is the best. Phone call is second best, or Zoom, whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, avoid. I mean, e- emails are wise for some people because at least it's written and you can show sure. how you responded. Right. But um, you always want that personal pastoral touch, and I yeah. think um, in person is by far the best. I, mm-hmm. I'll actually share a quick story that I think might help some people who are like me. Type a struggle with pride, struggle with being domineering. And I've had to really, by the spirit, work on that. Um, every year I got my, so we, Cedar Crest, we, we do these annual reviews and the, my supervisor who used to do these is no longer working for us, but he would meet with me. And I remember the first year it was, Hey, uh, there's these, there's a couple people and, uh, they've come to me and, you know, you're, they think you're, 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 you're really abrasive and, um, so they're just sharing, sharing that as a concern, um, how you talk to people. And I said, well, who, who, who is this? Like, so and they're like, oh, they, they don't, they want to be anonymous. And, and so I said, okay. I said, well, what, in what way, what did I say? And all oh, that, they, they, you know, they didn't want me to show. All right, I'll work on it. This, this happened. I kid you not. I think it was three or four years in a row. Um, and I had grown and I even asked my supervisor, he said, I said, he's like, oh yeah, I've seen you've grown and I, I think you've done a real, you know, you've really worked on it. Other people have, and I, and he, I said, so this is the same people. He said, yeah. I said, and you've asked, you've told them, you know, I've told them to please come talk to me. Yeah. I said, tell them, stop sharing this with you because now it's gossip. Mm. I, 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 I was dead serious. I was very upset. I said, I, I have tried there. I said, I don't know what I'm doing year after year that really upsets them. They won't come to me and share this with me in person. They won't even tell me who they are or tell you what it is. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm done. Tell them that I no longer want to hear about this criticism. Yeah. And I think in that year, we should, as believers, as Christians, we need to operate off of God's approaches that are right and true for us. And Matthew 18 yeah. Uh, approached right off of 1815. If your brother sins against you, so again, you know, criticism may not necessarily be sin, but this is a great just driving principle. Go and tell um, him his fault between you, you and him alone. Yeah. So again, the idea is so criticism, if you're going to criticize someone, it, <laughs> First of all, there is healthy criticism, but if whatever, just make sure you tell the person, right? Um, Love them enough. Right. Not, and, then, yeah. and, and then for us as well, the other, again, with this driving principle, then again, if someone criticizes us, right, we're not going around and trying Straight to, around, yeah. we're going to go, eventually we're going to handle it in a healthy way, and then we're going to go to that person and we're going to talk to them, and we're going to handle it with humility, with love, but also be ready in that moment to anticipate when you go to respond to the criticism. Sometimes people in that moment, they may criticize you again, um, 
and have the humility to, again, to just say patience, okay, patience to work through that conversation, handle what you came there to handle, be gentle. Um, and then, like I said, if there, you walk away and there's still tension, you go again with our Matthew 18, five principle, you might need another brother or sister to come and help you, uh, to be able to handle and lovingly care for this person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of another youth ministry podcast. Please connect with us on Instagram at another YM podcast, or you can email at us at another YM podcast at gmail.com. We will catch you next time.